What's good guys, this is Prophet Samuel Jaborn here with another video. Before we get started, do me a big favor, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, share this with somebody who needs to know the information in the title, the gift of tongues, one of the most beautiful gifts in all of creation. So one thing that you'll notice if you've been a Christian for a little while is that there is a lot of conversation on the topic of the gift of tongues. Some people who don't even believe it at, at all, and the people who do believe it, there's still conflict among them. It, does it, is it supposed to work like this? Is it not supposed to work like that? So today, I want to give some clarity and just teach on this amazing gift. Um, first thing you need to understand is James 1 says that every good gift comes from the Father. And so the gift of tongues is a good gift that the Father gives, and we must cherish it because it comes from God. Everything that comes from God, we must hold fast to, we must cherish, and we must pursue. Um, another thing that you need to know is that 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, it says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, eagerly desire Spiritual gifts, another version says. The word eagerly means to, to, to want something with all of your being, to want something with everything in you. So Christ is demanding us. Paul, the apostle, um, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is demanding us to pursue um, tongues. To pursue. Paul literally says in 1 Corinthians 14, I desire that you all would speak in tongues. Um, so it is the desire of the Holy Spirit for every believer to understand um, this gift and to walk in this gift. So what you need to understand about this gift is that there are three expressions of it. There's, it's not a monolith when it comes to this gift. There's three ways that this gift is expressed. The first way that this gift is used is evangelistically. I call it the evangelistic tongue. And we see this in Acts chapter 2, verse 4 to 13. In Acts chapter 2, the Spirit comes down. Jesus promises the disciples Listen, wait in Jerusalem. After he resurrects, he says, wait in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere because I'm, got, I'm about to send my spirit. And we know that this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel in Joel uh, chapter 2. He says, in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So in Acts chapter 2, the spirit comes down in fire and they begin to speak in other tongues. So when the spirit came down, um, they began to speak in other languages and people around them were like, who are these Galileans who are speaking in our native languages? Galileans were uneducated people. They didn't know anything except for the language that they grew up speaking. But the Holy Spirit supernaturally empowered them to speak languages that they never learned. And this was for an evangelistic purpose. Uh, it was a tool that the Holy Spirit allowed them to use to draw the people near, to get them curious. What? What is going on? And what we see in Acts chapter 2 is after their curiosity, Peter preaches the gospel and 3,000 men were saved. The second expression of this gift is prophetic, the prophetic tongue. It's when someone gets up in the church and begins to utter tongues uh, for the purpose of someone with the gift of interpretation interpreting those tongues. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27, any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three and each in turn and let someone interpret. And so we see here in this second expression of tongues, it is for the purpose of giving a message to the church. He's saying, if you're gonna give a message uh, to someone in the church, let there be someone to interpret it. So it's a prophetic tongue because the prophetic or prophecy is just receiving revelation from God and relaying it to the church. Prophetic means to relay the mind of God to 
someone else. In verse 28, he says, but if there is no one to interpret, let them each keep silent in the church and speak to himself and to God. That last part shows us, yes, tongues is necessary in the church outside of interpretation because you're speaking to God. Verse 2 says, um, if anyone speaks in the tongue, he speaks not to men, but to God. But in this specific context of the prophetic tongue, if you're going to speak a message to somebody in tongues, there must be an interpreter. The problem in the day of Paul was that people were coming to people just speaking messages, like direct one-on-one -on -one messages in tongues with no interpretation. Paul is correcting it here saying, listen, if you're going to speak a message to someone in tongues, there must be an interpreter. He's not prohibiting uh, tongue speech when it comes to prayer or when it comes to worship. He's prohibiting it when it comes to delivering a message. That's why he says the person with no interpreter should speak to themselves and to God in tongues. And so the prophetic tongue is a very powerful uh, a gift and it's a very powerful expression of the gift of tongues that is seldom used today in the church. But it is something that Christ, uh, the Holy Spirit wants us to pursue because as I said in the beginning, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Um, and so the prophetic tongue is a gift. It's an expression of the gift that Christ has given the church. The Holy Spirit has given the church. I want to practice it in KMM. And so, and the, no, but here's the thing. When it comes to the gifts, Paul told Timothy, fan into flame the gift that is within you, meaning like stir it up, uh, practice it. Like, so sometimes like people don't understand how I grew in my gifting. I would go to random like waiters and just be like, are you going through this? Blah, blah, blah. Is your family member named this? And I would hit it. Sometimes I wouldn't, but, but that's practicing, practicing hearing the voice of God. And so, and that's one of the things like, and it's also stepping out in that faith that God will, will, will show up stepping. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. And it, but there's no, that's nothing, nothing hurts to, to, to try. And so, um, when it comes to that, the reason why we never see it is because one, nobody really knows about it. One, two, the people who do know about it, don't do anything about it. So sometimes we like sit and wait for God to just do things. Like we sit and wait and God to like control us like a puppy. Like, you know what I'm saying? But God wants us to take that step and like, listen, I promise that I'm going to be with you. So trust my promise. The third expression of the gift of tongues is the expression of a prayer language. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. So this third expression of tongues is an expression of tongues that you use to communicate to God. You're praying a prayer of the spirit. He literally says we utter mysteries in the spirit. No one understands him. This is a vertical thing. The, the prophetic tongue, that's a horizontal thing. The evangelistic tongue, that's a horizontal thing because it's directed to men. But the prayer language, the prayer tongue is directed towards God. The prayer tongue is a very powerful tool that the Lord wants all of us to use. And this is why in that same chapter, like I said before, Paul says, I wish that all of you would speak in tongues. Paul literally says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. And then he contrastly says, but in the church, I rather speak five words with my mind than five words, than thousands of words in the spirit. So what Paul is showing us there in the context is that in his private devotion, he prays in tongues consistently. There is a specific power in praying in 
tongues and Christians debate about this, but the reality is that you are speaking mysteries in the spirit. You're literally praying a perfect prayer because when you're praying in tongues, you're praying a prayer that is crafted by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is interceding through your lips. The Holy Spirit is interceding through your spirit. In verse 14 and verse 15 of 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. So Paul is saying, yeah, I pray in my native language, but I also pray in the spirit. I also pray with my spirit. I also pray mysteries in the spirit. So what people need to understand is that there's a difference between speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. When you speak in tongues, there should be an interpretation after. When you're speaking a message to church, to the church in a, in a, in a heavenly language, there should be an interpretation. Someone with the gift of interpretation there. But when you're praying in tongues, there does not need to be an interpretation since what Paul says, what you're speaking is to God and even you don't understand what you're saying. When you pray in tongues, you're building up your spirit, man. You're edifying yourself. Paul says when you pray in a tongue, you are edifying yourself. You're building yourself up. And there's nothing wrong with building yourself up as some reformed people try to act like there is. Uh, because Jude chapter 1 verse 20 says, But you, dear friends, by building up yourselves in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. When you pray in tongues, there's a closeness to God that you feel because your speech is being crafted by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is praying through you. You're praying in a heavenly language. You're praying a perfect prayer. Romans 8 verse 26, Paul says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. This is not necessarily speaking about tongue speech, but the principle still applies that when you're praying in tongues, the Spirit is praying through you, interceding for you. So there are times where I don't know what to pray in my native language. So I ask the Lord, let me flow in, in tongues for the next 30 minutes. And so I'll open up my mouth and flow in tongues because I don't know what to pray, but the Spirit prays through me and crafts the language of heaven. So there's a misconception in the church when it comes to praying in the Holy Spirit. A lot of preachers just tell Christians to just wait, to just, just sit there and wait, do nothing. And maybe the Lord would just deposit His Spirit and allow for you to, to, to speak in tongues. But the Bible says in Matthew 7, listen, what child, if they ask, for bread, will the father give them a serpent? What 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 child is going to receive a serpent when they ask their father for bread? So when it comes to wanting to, to speak in tongues, it's not a matter of us waiting. It's a matter of us, one, praying for it, praying consistently about it, and two, stepping out in faith. Praying in tongues is not a matter of just waiting on God to give it. It's a matter of stepping out in faith. It's a matter of working with God. It's a synergistic word. The word, the word synergistic means two parties working together. When it comes to sanctification, living out the Christian life, we must work with the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul says in Galatians 5 or 16, Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When the Spirit indwells us, He does not possess us. He doesn't make us do things. We have to actively work with Him. It's synergistic. It is a synergistic work, just like sanctification. The Spirit is working in you, but you must actively step out and do what needs to be done. 
And when you begin to pray in tongues, don't stop. Make it a practice. Rebuke the thoughts that you sound silly and just keep going. It's a powerful tool that the Lord wants for all of his children. Paul says, I wish that all of you would speak in tongues. It is good for spiritual warfare. Praying in tongues is for warfare. It's for when you don't know what to say. And it's for when you want to come against the camp of the enemy. Because it's a perfect prayer crafted by the Holy Spirit. Alright guys, that's a wrap on today's video. If you can, share this with five people who need to know about the gift of tongues. You need the gift of tongues. Subscribe, hit the like button, and we're coming out with more content for you. Grace and peace be unto you.